Welcome to the new Puritan Podcast. I'm Mark Arstall, and this is episode 11. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I hope you're having a godly day. As many of you know that I love the scriptures and they are truth to us. They are power of the Lord God. So I want to read a scripture verse to you to start off this podcast, hoping that it'll bolster your faith and give you great confidence in our Lord and God and the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a familiar verse to many of you. I'm sure many of you know it. Romans 10:17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Many of you know that I am a great lover of the Bible, and that is so true that as we read the Scriptures and as we understand the Scriptures, we grow more and our faith is built up in our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to start off this episode with a few things that have happened during the week that I think needs a little bit of attention. There was a story that came out, and it was actually done by the Associated Press. The story is that has been reported by research from the Associated Press that they report four in five Americans live in danger of falling into poverty and joblessness. This is sad to hear. And we think about all the people that have money and they spend money on their dogs or their cats or the movies or their fancy cars and their boats. And many people say, well, these people that are on this poverty level or these people that are having struggle finding a job, it's really on them. I mean, it's not anything that I need to worry about. But that's not always true. There are many people that are hardworking people that just find themselves, for whatever reason, they find themselves in a situation that's less than ideal. And we're talking about really the basics because the American dream for people has been overrated. It's get a job, get money, buy a beautiful house, have a beautiful wife, have beautiful children, get a beautiful boat, a beautiful car, money in the bank your 401k and your savings account and your CDs and whatever and you live life wonderfully and fully and when you get you hit 65 you get your social security you retire to Florida you have a nice little villa and you live off the money that you created for the rest of your life but that's not always true for all people many people struggle for the basic necessities and what happens is is that many people will turn to the government even Christians in times when they struggle often and this is what's really sad is that often they won't turn to the Lord God they won't turn to the Lord Jesus to rely on him to provide their daily needs they'll turn to the government and they'll cry out for the government to help them so we think about this that the American dream has been overrated 
And in today's economy, the way things are going right now, the rich are getting richer and the poor seem to be getting poorer. And there's really a disparity between the two. And you're seeing food shelters and food pantries and places where you can go get food. I mean, there's one person that talks about after they have such little job that after they are paid and pay all their bills, they have $10 left for the rest of the month. That's scary and that's pretty sad. That, you know, there's a lot of people. And like I say, food shelters and food pantries and all these things, people standing out on the streets, the, all these are increasing as we see. And we just learned also that Detroit, the, the, the city of Detroit, just declared complete bankruptcy because it can't pay. Now, either that's mismanagement or that there's just so many people that have left there that now there's there, you know, no hope for them that they feel that the city is just, you know, but it will it'll rebound. It'll it'll bounce back eventually. But if you see photos of Detroit nowadays, it's in bad shape. The other story that came out that many people are talking about that's getting a lot of news is uh, the comment that the Pope made about gays and, and gay priests. And when we think about this, a lot of people take what the Pope says as very the gospel. But I'd like to give you a perspective on that and don't mean to offend any of those who may be Catholic listening to this podcast, but I have to tell you the truth. And the truth is, is that the Catholic Church is just an enormous cult. That's all it really is. It's a huge business. It has lots and lots of money. And when you look at the Catholic Church and its practices, and you look at the position of the Pope and what he does and what he says and what he wears and how he acts and and the authority and the worship that's given to him, that's a classic definition of a cult, that one singular man is running this religion. And the Bible is totally against this because when you lay the Bible against Catholicism, you find that many of its practices and ways are absolutely foreign and alien to the scriptures. So when the Pope talks about judging gay priests and he says that he's not going to, he says, who is he to judge? The first thing we have to understand is, is that for many, many, many years, the Catholic Church had a strong stance against gays, gay lifestyle, lesbians, gay priests. And now you have a pope that comes out and says, well, who am I to judge? Who, who should I say? If someone is gay and searches for the Lord and has goodwill, who am I to judge? Well, here's the thing, that he comes out as the head of his religion. And now for centuries, they have been declaring that homosexuality is wrong, lesbianism is wrong, and it is. And now he changes and says, well, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to speak about that because, you know, if they're searching for the Lord and they have goodwill, how should I judge them? Well, the scriptures already judge them. We don't have to judge them. The scriptures already judge. And if you read the scriptures from cover to cover, you will come to the conclusion that God's mind on the matter is that this is sin. And it is wrong for people to engage in this sin just as much as it's wrong for people to engage in adulterous affairs or to engage in other sins, other acts and sins that are just as awful and just as heinous. I mean, 
Look at it. Look at the scriptures. Go to Proverbs. Pride is a sin. I would lay pride just as much as the feet of as a sin, just as much as I would lay it at the feet of homosexuality and lesbianism. They're they're both sin. That's all it is. And he says also these people ought not to be marginalized. And what marginalized means is is that taking them and putting them in a place where they're off they're on the fringe. They're not included in with all the rest of us. Now here's the situation. Again, the Pope is just a leader of a religion in my opinion that I believe that the that the scriptures take is that it is sin and it is something that the Lord is completely against. So here's the situation then as the Pope, the leader of this religion, who is a cult, and the Bible will back that up, says these things. It's hypocritical because really it's all generated about money. That's all it's about because they know that people are leaving the Catholic Church in droves and low attendance, just like in any church or just like in any event, low attendance means not that much money. And he's trying to do what he can to bring people back into this cult of Catholicism. A person is going to be gay just like a person's going to commit adultery. And it's sad that people are engaged in this in this kinds of acts. Very sad. But there's nothing you can do about it. You cannot go and enlist the government to make the homosexual lifestyle to, to give validity to it is what I'm trying to say. And this is what's happening. Those on both sides, those that are against it and those that are for it, are trying to get the government to make laws, and they're partly succeeding, to validate it, to make it say that it's okay because it is wrong. And they know it's wrong, but if they feel that they can get the government to say that it's okay, that everybody else will have to conform and say it's okay. Does that make sense? So you have this where he is talking about this, and it's, one, it's hypocritical. Two, it's all driven about money. And again, you can't do anything about a gay person. If they're going to be that way, it's their lifestyle. Just like a person who's committing adultery or a person who got divorced or whatever the, the, the sin may be, a person that's full of pride, you can tell them that the scriptures declare this to be a sin and you need to repent of this. But it, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to convict the heart of a person to repent and to change their ways, to amend their ways. The problem that most of us have who are very conservative Christians, or just conservative, you may not be a Christian, but you may be conservative. The, mo- the problem that most of us have is, is that they are taking and trying to use the government to lend credibility to this lifestyle, which is not. So you have to just minister the gospel to them as you would others that are in sin. So he says, who am I to judge? He's not going to judge them. And the other problem that comes in is the Catholic Church is the most visible, the most reported on religion that has the most egregious pedophile homosexuality with priests and young boys of any religion on the face of the earth. I mean, they've got so many cases against them, so now he's coming out and saying, I'm not going to judge them. Well, you better start judging the priests that you have under you, Mr. Pope, because you still got priests that are abusing young boys and young men and altar boys 
and these are homosexuals in the pulpit. So he's got a big problem on his hands. Instead of facing the problem and dealing with it, he's going to make friends with the enemy. So he's got a big problem, and he's just saying that in order to draw people in. Along that lines of homosexuality and what the uh, Pope has said about that, there was a report, there was a poll that came out. And this poll that came out that was done said that a slight majority, 52% of Americans, would support a national referendum on making gay marriage legal in all 50 states. This was done by a Gallup poll on Monday, July 29th. You can go look it up. And the question that comes, let me, let me say that again. This Gallup poll has stated that a slight majority, 52%, that means that if you went out right now and took a vote of all the, the voting, registered voters in the United States, all of those that vote, and there was one thing that they had to vote on, and that was should gay marriage nationally be legalized in all 50 states, check yes, check no. What they're saying is, is that 52% of those people would check yes, that it should be. The question that comes in to this is, how did we come to this? How did we come to this? It's like the Jews of old mixing in with the people of the seven nations that God said to conquer. He said, don't get involved in their practices, their heathen practices. So it'd be like saying, well, those peoples that sacrificed children in the flames, that's what we do. That's what we like. We want it legalized. And it'd be like all of a sudden, after fighting against it, after decades, then all of a sudden they turn around and say, yeah, let's just, let's just make it legal. It's okay to do that. Again, the question comes in, how did we come to this? How did we come to this in America? Number one, you think that America is a Christian nation. It is not, never has been, and probably never will be if we keep on this track. Number two. You can't use the government in order to present your social agenda. It comes from the Holy Spirit working in the hearts of people. Number three, we've come to this because of a lack of defending God's word and the proclamation of the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And number four, we've come to this because of years and generations of indoctrination in the public schools, that they have indoctrinated children into this wrong thinking, this inclusiveness of all people. And no one's saying that we want to hurt gay people or we want to uh, put them all in jail. No one's saying that. Actually, Americans are very tolerant of them. It's just that when you start shoving it in our face to legalize it, you're trying to force us to accept something that just as much as you have the right, you say you have the right to be gay and homosexual. We Christians have the right to believe and defend our faith and what we know to be true. You can't take that away from us. And you're trying to, and you're trying to force us to accept something that our faith says is sin and we cannot accept it. So those things that have contributed to how we got to this point. And I say to you, and I make this proclamation here, that I would say within at least 10 years, you're going to see within 10 years, it could be sooner, but I would say within 10 years, you're going to see gay marriage legal in all 50 states.
you will see it. And again, the, the two major motivating factors why this happens is, is one, we are not proclaiming the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ so the hearts of people can change. And two, years and years and years and decades of indoctrination of these things in the public schools to take away God and to take away any moral values in the schools. Just get rid of it. So the rest of the podcast, I want to direct our attention to a series that we're doing that we're kind of picking up on from the series that the Christian Post, a Christian newspaper, online newspaper, is doing. It's titled, An Inside Look at a New Generation of Pastors. And on the previous podcast, I put an inside look at a new generation of pastors, not the next big thing. And on this podcast and on their website, they spotlighted a gentleman out of Texas, Flower Mound, Texas, and his name is Matt Chandler. He's 39 years old, and he has a church called the Village Church. It's one of those multi-site churches in Flower Mound, Texas. Uh, They say that Matt Chandler is all about preaching the gospel. He says that he started with 160 people and now has about 10,000 across multiple campuses. Matt was diagnosed with brain cancer in 2009 and continued to preach. He was being treated. He's also the president of Acts 29 Network, which is a network of churches and people that come together to plant churches. And he wrote a book called The Explicit Gospel. I have not read that book. The Explicit Gospel, but uh, he is the uh, pastor of this village church, and he is the president of the Acts 29 Network for Church Planters. And you can imagine what he's gone through being diagnosed with brain cancer. I mean, there is a video of him where his head is shaved, and he's got a massive U-shaped scar in his skull. So um, he's been through a lot, and it wouldn't matter... I'm going to tell you right now, it wouldn't matter if he did have brain cancer or he didn't have brain cancer. I am evaluating this brother based on what he's teaching and how he is presenting the gospel solely. So if he had cancer or not, that wouldn't deter me from saying uh, less than flattering things about him or I wouldn't uh, go on and say wonderful things just because he had brain cancer, if, 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 if you follow that and that makes any sense at all. So in looking at this, he says several things that I appreciated and that uh, seemed to stick out to me that, you know, I did, I did some digging, I did some research, and to be honest with you, I didn't really find a lot of things wrong. He says that... He preaches the gospel. That is his main thing, is to preach the gospel to people. He is asked about the culture, and he says the culture is ripe with examples, and he does what works for him. He tries to preach topically. He tries to preach exegetically, and he does so fairly well. I mean, I've, I've seen some videos of him. Um, he talks about, in one portion, purity. He says, if you're going to teach on purity, well, here's one thing that he says that I liked. And it was, if you, if you trust in the sufficiency of scriptures and preach and proclaim in such a way that the people can understand it, then I think God's going to draw unto himself. So that was very interesting. And so far, I think it's pretty good. He also said another statement, and um, I, I like that as well. And he said, that when you're talking about the gospel-centered worship, 
And he says he wanted to be able to say that this is what it is, speaking of the Bible. This is where you find it, speaking of in the Bible. And so he says, this is where you find it, is the practical application. He says, when we talk about gospel-centered community, he says, this is what it is. This is what the Bible says it is. And this is where you're going to find it. And this is how you're going to get into it. In other words, he says there's on-ramps and off-ramps. So that I appreciated too. Uh, Some other things as well that I appreciated about him. He said that he was willing to be very loving, be engaged, but still speak the truth when there is some sacred space in there for people to come in here and listen to respond. He says that he got confused that he doesn't think there's anything more relevant than Orthodox Christianity. Because he says the second you move away from Orthodox Christianity, he doesn't believe you have Christianity any longer. Which is true. If you move away from Orthodox Christianity and the teachings of the scriptures and the teachings of Jesus, you don't have Christianity any longer. You have something else. He says ultimately uh, Orthodox Christianity is the most relevant thing in the world. And it is. And it alone is, has the power to transform lives. So that I liked as well. He says that if there's a version version of Christianity that no longer says that sin exists and that people don't have to repent of it, he says, at this point, you no longer have the cross of Jesus Christ. And that is so true. He also said that he put his anchor in a place that he's seen the Lord really move in the hearts of young men and young women. Some, he said, who are coming out of lifestyles that are super hedonistic and to a full rich life in the Lord Jesus. He says they're staying single and just fighting the fight there. The spirits moved upon their heart in such a way that they're married now and very happy. He says that he doesn't think that everybody's going to be happily married. And he doesn't think that even those who teach that everyone gets is happily married after they get married. It's a bit foolish. And that I would agree with. So he, there was a lot of good points. He, he said a lot of good things. And there was another one here that he responded to that said that he was even questioning that this article was necessary that they did, that that uh, Christian Post did. And he says that, again, he says, to move away from orthodoxy, historically speaking, is the destruction of Christian influence and the ability for us to engage the culture at large. He says, which was really good, to try to make Jesus cool enough for everybody is a fool's errand, and it'll never take place. And so he says he thinks that's where his heart is on all of this, which was great. And I really appreciate that comment very much. He's right. He's right online. He's right on with it. And like I said, he's the pastor of the Village Church at Flower Mound, Texas. You can find that at villagechurch.net on the Internet. So far, like I said, I didn't find anything wrong uh, going to his website. You don't find really anything wrong. His name isn't plastered all over the website as the previous gentleman was. His name's not thrown out all over there. Then again, when you go on the landing page as of this podcast, there's no name. Jesus' name doesn't appear on the landing page anywhere either. Overall, I could recommend this brother. I could recommend it for young people, for middle-aged people, even for, for anyone, I think. He's he's doing a good job. Now, granted, I've only seen a couple of videos. His delivery in the videos, which is probably the delivery in his church, is okay. It's a bit He's a bit aggressive when he comes out with it and says some things that are really poignant. But overall, I, I would say that this is okay. Now, I can't say that I have filtered through every piece of his site or his videos and podcasts or writings. But so far, I would say this is okay. And, you know, I'm not going to give flowing and glowing recommendations for people to race out there or to go to his church. I rarely recommend 
a church for people to go. It'd be hard-pressed to find a place that I would recommend someone to go to. It's just that simple. It's very difficult. But overall, compared to even the last fellow, overall, I don't really see a major glaring problem with this brother, Matt Chandler of the Village Church at Flower Mound. Okay, I want to end this podcast by reading you another scripture verse, and I'd like you to listen to it. I think it's very good, and you would be blessed by it as we finish off this podcast. It comes out of 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter 5, verse 5 through 9. It says, You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober, for they that sleep sleep in the night, and they that are drunk are drunk in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. And I pray that you benefited from this podcast. Visit us at thekingshouse.org. That's kingshouse.org for the podcast, YouTube, Twitter, and other important links. And when you do, go over there and subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed this podcast. And always, we love to hear from you. So leave us a comment or ask us a question and send us an email at hissaint at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. God bless and have a godly day.